This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products, go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com, use promo code THEPODCAST25, you'll get 25% off. This is more geared towards your athlete, but if you're an everyday person or a blue-collar worker, it works for you too. If you have aches and pains, it works for you too. They have robots, they have tonics, they have anything you want or need CBD-infused. No THC or, sorry, I can't say no, it's less than 1% THC, but it won't get you high, so you're all good. So go to blackbeltcbdproducts.com and if you're a woman that so happens to be listening to the show and you like to shop online, go to poppyapparel.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST with a capital D. You'll get 10% off. They ship worldwide and it's free shipping if you spend more than $50. They have everything that a woman needs or wants, any shape or size like I always say, and for any season type. So go to poppyapparel.com. And lastly, if you're into collectibles, if you're into nerd culture, any of that sort of shit, go to firstrow.ca. They are first row collectibles. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. You'll get 20% off. Like I said, they have everything that a nerd needs or wants. Wrestling fans, comic book fans, video game fans, sports fans, they update daily. It is a Canadian website, so everything you see there is in Canadian funds, so it's cheaper for all you other people who have higher currency than our Canadian dollar, which is pretty much everyone else. So Oh, what can you do? At least international people will get a little bit of a discount plus the 20% off. And obviously, like I always say every week, please go support the show by subscribing and reviewing. That is the most important thing you could do at Apple Podcasts is the big one. Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, iTunes. No, I said iTunes. That's Apple Podcasts. Fuck. Tune in. There you go. Tune in. Do all that sort of stuff. Whatever they have there. Some sites have thumbs up some have hearts some have reviews just whatever the highest rating you could give me please give me it really helps a lot and lastly if you want to support me directly please go to tpublic.com if you're listening to me on some sort of device and you see the description scroll down it's the link is literally embedded there it makes it nice and easy takes you straight to the site have everything that everyone needs or wants t-shirts mugs fucking phone cases pillows blankets i don't know whatever you could put the podcast logo on they have it so please go support me directly there 
All right. Whew, that was a mouthful. I don't, I don't think I breathed through all that. Anyways, on to this week's guest. As everyone knows, Survivor Series just happened. So, obviously, I have one half only this time. And we're going to rip Jesse a new asshole for not being here. But it is Max from Gato 5. I've been to prison! So I thought I would like go in straight with the kind of energy that Jesse would bring <laughs> straight off the bat. That's right. You have to start yelling at the top of your lungs, saying something crazy yeah. out of Screaming sorts. Screaming shit, doing all sorts, yeah. But no, you got you got the good one. You got the, the good half of Gato 5 review this week. Well, we'll see what happens, because it might be hey, a, a little bit fuck. lame. No, I mean in terms of lameness. <laughs> we're probably going to be more direct and without, the, I guess, more of the dick jokes involved and stuff like that. So we'll see how this leads to. <laughs> I can bring dick jokes, man. I, I've got range. I've got range in my comedy chops, don't you worry? I thought you were going to say I got range with my dick. <laughs> <laughs> Swinging left to right, I'm all good. Oh, shit. Uh, but, so, what's um, up? Also, I, I was going to say, you, has it come out yet? You had our sister podcast on it. Is it coming out? Has it been out? I'm going to have to scrap it because it was one of the shittiest podcasts I've ever did in my life. So, what? No, I'm joking, man. Oh, fuck, I was about to come over to Canada and whoop your ass. No, I had a very good time with Steph and Nikki, obviously. It was great. It's either going to drop next week or in a couple of weeks, depending on my schedule. I don't know what I have lined up because oh, now man, it is. My stomach dropped. I was just like, this is so awkward. You actually thought I was being serious? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that makes up for Jesse not being here. <laughs> yeah, nailed it, nailed it. Uh, no, they had a great time. They wanted me to, to come on and, and talk about that. And uh, yeah, thank you for having them on because... Uh, it's coming up, people are listening to the Game Till 5 episode, and check it out because they're two of the funniest female podcasters you can find, and it's all about video games, so I'm glad you had them on, Steve. Yeah, and I'll do a little preview. We do our top five favorite female video game characters. Nice. So nice. that's what we did, and it'll be upcoming soon, and because it's not really has anything to do with what's going on, it's just a top five list, I could keep it in my back pocket to when it comes out, so look out for that. Uh, for sure, it comes out before the end of the year, so you're guaranteed that. That's good. I felt like that pimp in that scenario was just kind of like pushing them out and they're like, because they're our podcast basically and I just felt like I was pimping them out a little bit. So, uh, yeah. Well, if they weren't good enough, I wouldn't have them on anyways, right? So. Damn right. Only but quality. You got it. That podcast is quality. And people know I don't do favors, so. No. (laughs) Favors don't come free. (laughs) I was about to say, unless there's a a free joint and then you could be down the backseat of someone's car no questions asked. There you go. So, before we get into our favorite, I guess, moments of Survivor Series weekend, what's been up with you, man? What's going on with Gato 5 itself? What have you guys been up to? What's the spiel? Oh, good. So, I'm going to be a little bit rusty on this one, because I have not done a wrestling podcast in about two months at this point, because me and Jesse were recorded a whole bunch in batch back in, mm. like, September. Shit. Um, and they've all just been scheduled for release over the past couple of weeks, and to the point of last Friday... Someone messaged me being like, oh, this episode's really funny. I was like, what episode? <laughs> Don't you love it? Like, oh, shit, yeah, I released an episode this week. Um, so I quickly went on the socials to promote it. I've been so bad at the that side of things. But it's been nice. It's been nice to have kind of a break between podcasts. Like, that week was horrendous. Me and Jesse hated each other by the end of it. We recorded literally every single day for a week. Oh, we had gotcha. the same stupid Got Till 5 drop, the same stupid uh, Top 5 intro. Right. We hated it. Hated it. <laughs> That's we haven't hilarious. spoken since. 
Oh my god, I don't think I could go that long without podcasting. I know I've my I think my longest stretch has been two weeks because there's been weeks where I've literally recorded like how you guys said, like every day for like five days straight, and I just banked them and release them. But then I drop bonus episodes or I'll do another one in between and bank that one. Like you know what I mean? So it's always a revolving door of what I have in my back pocket. But I don't know, it's, two yeah, months. Two months it, is well, a long time. Well, I time. do it with my uh, with my job now, so like I do podcasting for a living. So it's, I I do get my fix. It's just not as entertaining as like wrestling and trying to deal with the mess that is Jesse Benz. <laughs> and where is Jesse? Let's speak on this right now. Where is yeah, this fucker? That's true. He he is not here because, and I'll let him off on this one because okay. he is in Dallas, Texas. So he's visiting Bobby's family, and so this is Jesse's first time, like, outside of really anywhere. He's been to France, and he's been to Ireland, and that's about it. Okay, oh, fuck. And this is, so this is his first trip to North America, and oh, I feel wow. like Texas is the worst possible place to go for your first trip, because yeah. it just reinforces every single stereotype that you have about Americans. <laughs> And so American culture, that everything's bigger and there's guns. He sent, he literally sent me a picture of a hat on the first day, no joke. Okay. Sent me a picture of a hat with a gun on it and a Texas flag saying, in Texas, we don't call 911. <laughs> and it's like, Jesus Christ, why are you putting it out on merchandise? Oh my God, I love it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> so he's, he's there and he's just like, he went to his first hockey game yesterday. He suddenly decided that he's... Uh, Okay, so this is, I've been a hockey fan for, for years and years. You know, I lived in Canada, and that's when it kind of all came in. Right. Jesse suddenly starts supporting the Dallas Stars because he's going over there, right? Okay, okay. So Dallas Stars were like sixth in the division, doing absolute shit, losing game after game. Mm-hmm. Jesse watches one game, and they've now, they are now on a seven game winning streak and are second in the division. Isn't that crazy? So Jesse with his ego messiah complex is like, yes, it's because of me. I am the NHL god who has made this happen. And he's been telling all the Texans that's why it's happening. Oh, my God. Wow. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some truth in it. I don't know. Um, maybe it could become their new mascot. <laughs> they have a very uh, aggressive, fuzzy, green, gyrating. No, you're right. He'd fit in perfectly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's it's not a far fetch. <laughs> no, not at all. So he's back uh, end of this week. We are recording our next episode. Right? We we've run out of episodes now, so we do have to talk again. Right. Um, and we're recording. Next episode comes out on the sixth of December. And what we're doing for the December episodes, we've got two out, the one on the 6th and one on the 20th, last shows of the year. Yeah. And what these shows are going to be is um, a review of the whole decade, because oh, wow. the whole decade is coming to an end, Steve. It's, it it's is. blowing my mind that it's nearly 2020. I don't even so think of that. Wow. Jesse really hasn't been watching much wrestling this year, so we thought, let's just do the whole decade. Right. Top five moments from the 2010s, and then on the 20th, top five matches of the 2010s, oh, wow. which is not an easy task when you think about how many good matches we've had in the past four years alone i know right well I, i'm assuming it, that's what it's going to be mostly just in the past four three years for sure yeah yeah well <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair but yeah like cm punk back in back in the 2000s yeah that's true yeah he had a daniel few good bryan ones. with his kind of rise to fame right. um new japan obviously blowing up that's right i might uh, have been thinking of the, the other uk evolution yeah. of British wrestling, so of course, yeah, it's going to be a long ass show. Wow, well, good luck with that. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> well, speaking of long ass show and uh, your latest episode, you guys want to break the the world record for consecutive podcasting hours in a row? 
we said that, and then we did like our fifth show that week. We went, nah, we can never, we can never spend that long in a room together just talking. I'd love to give it a go because what did I, I can't remember what I said, what the record was. It, 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 was, it seemed like an achievable feat. It wasn't a lot. It was like fifty something hours, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Which we say all casual, like, oh, it's only 50 hours. You know, well, that's, you can talking. do that in a weekend. Like, you start Friday night and go until Sunday night, right? Yeah, true. Could you imagine the content when you get to, like, Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? <sighs> I don't know. Just had... what that would be, just reading the dictionary or playing Scrabble or some shit. Now, can you cheat? Can you, like, squeeze in a few, like, best of episodes and, like, that you could take a nap in between? Does that still count or does it have to be consecutively live? Uh, well... From what I remember, the record is the guy consecutively live streamed because it wasn't uh-huh. a podcast record. He just consecutively streamed or whatever he did because it wasn't. There's no record for podcasting, so technically we could do an hour. We could do a five hour podcast and set the record. Really, I guess, or you could just crop a bunch of episodes together and say that's the record, right? Well, basically, all the got till five episodes. We say the same shit every week, anyway, so no one would notice. Well, if you guys do want to do this, I'm on board. If you want a guy in between, so you guys could take naps and go to sleep while you want to consecutively do this, I'll... I think that's it. You got, you got I'm have people in. kind of coming in and out, and yeah, I'm, I'm up for it. Let, let's do something stupid. Like, why not? Let's try and maybe we'll raise some money for charity, and then that's a good one too. Yeah, go on the longest podcast we can ever do. We can get the game till five girls involved do all of it so uh, yeah be good fun perfect on that note let's get into survivor series weekend oh yeah now can i just preface this sure. uh, for the listeners and in a way that i don't come across as a douchebag okay. basically it's gonna be difficult i know <laughs> um this is the first we programming i have watched in about four or five months oh fuck so I've uh, actually probably since we did SummerSlam, the last show we did together. Oh wow! This is the first um, bit of programming I've watched, and which is rare for me because since I started watching wrestling, I've never not watched WWE. So this is the longest I've ever gone without watching it. Wow! Which is really weird. Um, I've been watching AEW New Japan pretty okay. much exclusively. Um, and, and whenever you say that, everyone's just oh, he's a fucking AEW. <laughs> dickhead right <laughs> you just can't win it's like you can't no you, you can't win because i'm about to um basically <laughs> i used aew as what it was meant to be an okay. alternative to a product i wasn't enjoying anymore right so i just watched aew and i enjoy it and i find it fun and i don't shit on we they're doing what they're doing and you know bobby lashley and lana Friday <laughs> content so what who am i to argue so <laughs> You don't like that? Going I, into this, I had no idea. I think this was a good show to come into because yeah. there's no real storylines here, is there? There's just five-on-five brand supremacy bullshit. You got it. Like, even some of the title matches, like, if you saw the the package before, you're all caught up. So I'm sure you were fine. And you and again, mm-hmm. you you know who's in WWE and who's not. So you sort yeah, of no one could piece it together. Me. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. So you're fine. It's not like you're just some guy coming off the street. Hey, I'm watching this for the first time ever. Exactly. So, uh, but my my background knowledge, which I would normally bring to these episodes, is a little rusty. So I'm just purely going on what happened in the match and what happened at the show. It's okay. I have a fairly big back, so I could carry us both. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right. What's your number five moment of Survivor uh, Series? Number weekend? five. I'm gonna have to go. I haven't got them in any particular order, but I feel like um, I don't want to wank away a good one. So let's just go. Yeah. Rey Mysterio versus Brock Lesnar. Oh. I really, I had a lot of fun with this. Okay. Honorable mention for me. Yeah, I, I thought it was, uh, first of all, Rey Mysterio coming out in what was, 
I guess was going to be like a Joker homage. Yeah. Um, the new, but he just looked like he made a lot of terrible life decisions <laughs> up until that point. And when he came, because he came out and he was like looking all serious, like, yeah, I'm going to take on Brock Lesnar. Right. This is my moment. That was the wrong outfit to pick for that look. He just came out with his hands on his hip being like, oh, shit, I have, uh, I've made some wrong decisions. Well, in life. You, you know what I think it was too, sort of to play off of like the no rules, no holds barred. He's sort of psycho. He's crazy, so he's going to do anything to win, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like the, the kind of whatever they were going for semi worked, but it's, it's just when you have a famous wrestler such as yeah. Donk the Clown, who it looks <laughs> like they literally cut a Donk the Clown wig and stuck it on the back of his head. Didn't make sense true. So. I even think of that now that I'm thinking of it. He looked more like one of those kids' clowns than an actual like scary clown. Right? It was weird. <laughs> so yeah, it was. But but the match itself was. Um, I was watching it and people were like, "Oh, it's so unbelievable!" Like Ray, but it's like back in 2002 when Brock would sell for people. Him and Ray would used to have fights and it would be pretty close and all this kind of stuff. Right. And I like that he went for the steel pipe straight away and yeah. then. Brock just threw him around like a bag of potatoes for five minutes. That was enjoyable to watch. But um, what what kind of sold me on this match was when Dominic got involved. Yes. He did the chair shot, and then they did the double 619 together, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really nice moment. Um, Dominic did a frog splash, which I think affirms that Eddie was his biological father. <laughs> uh, and he was his pappy. And then Ray follows it up. And then they both dog pile on top. Right. And this is one of two or three times this weekend where I like jumped up because I thought it was going to be a free count. It right? was so close. I know. Yeah. Brilliant. So I, I just love thing. near falls. I'm a sucker for a near fall. I know. And especially if it's sold well and it's done correctly, like how they did it. Like, it, don't worry. It suckered me in too. I was like, oh, okay, Dominic's here. He's going to take a beating. Then all of a sudden they start this little, they mount a comeback. They start doing this. I'm like, oh shit, that's right. Dominic could wrestle. All right. He's, he's all right. And then yeah. like you said, they dogpile on top of him. I'm like, no way. And I'm like, and then in that split second of my mind, it's going through, I could see him being world champ, this little comeback streak. Like, you know what I mean? And then Brock going away until either Royal Rumble or WrestleMania again. But then I was like, oh, he kicked out. And then when he kicked out there is when I knew, okay, Brock's going to win. Yeah, and, and I'm glad they didn't drag it out. It was literally like Dominic took a bump, Ray yeah. then got F5. That was it. Well, you can't really drain out now uh, fucking Brock Lesnar matches. You, you Like, other than his mystique, like, I was thinking about this too, and this is the only reason why I didn't put in my top five, because it was almost in there. It's because the whole mystique about him is just him. It's the lead up, it's what's going to happen. And then as soon as the bell rings and you see the tempo of the match, like, oh, okay, you could go for a beer, you could come back. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you, you know where the peaks and valleys of, uh, of a Brock match is going to come in. Exactly. And, and the thing I thought, he started being a lot more vocal in the ring. And Brock doesn't have the voice of a guy that can be vocal because he just sounds mm. like a dying cat. I don't know what, <laughs> what's going on with him. He's just not intimidating as a vocal person. Yeah. No, but that's a good number five. Yeah, I, I think it, it was fun. It was a it nice was. little break because I was noticing a lot of matches were, were very, very long. Yes, um, that's the thing. I guess it had to be because it was five on five on five for a lot of these matches, or they were triple threat matches, and they were just like, come on, eliminate people quicker. Well, speaking of five on five on five on five on five on five matches, my number five <laughs> is the Men's Survivor Series match. Oh, you motherfucker, I was going to put this way higher. No, well... The thing is, is again, like you said, going into this, there's really no stories. And I enjoyed the old school Survivor Series because there was actually story behind every team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But what I really enjoyed about this was, again, this is going to be the theme of everything that I say about tonight is the infusion of NXT. 
made everything yes. fresh, made everything seem good. Shorty G and Riddle going at it was fucking awesome. I loved it. Again, being an MMA fan, to me, that was so, so glad crisp. You that up. Um, so good. The transitioning going back and forth. I can't wait till these guys have a one-on-one match. That That's just one of the it, things. Is it going to happen? Because Shorty G, yeah. I, I'm not calling him that. Like, I'm not calling him that. <laughs> Chad Gable is one of the greatest wrestlers that they have no he is the greatest wrestler that they have on their roster at the moment he is unbelievably talented and when i was reading online that like they renamed him shorty g i thought it was a joke i literally thought it was a joke and then i saw him and he's in his fucking mark Wahlberg basketball shorts and his shitty haircut the dude looks ripped as hell but it's just like shorty g he's like an olympic athlete i know i was oh my god man i'm so angry about it so angry about it but him and riddle tore it up and i just i want 20 minutes of that yeah that was good now like even riddle and orton that exchange was good that mm-hmm. that was fantastic what else was there leah eliminating rollins that was another highlight for me yes and how good did lee look i know right and here, here's the thing here's another thing i didn't like about this and it would have been higher too i don't like the nxt teams on both the women and the men i don't know if you're going to bring up the women so i'll keep it short but I don't like that half of these teams were literally killing each other the night before and all of a sudden they're best friends. Yes, yeah. To me, I, um, I couldn't. I don't know. It didn't I will not be putting the women's match on here. Okay. Um, <laughs> and just a brief kind of side point as why. I, I just don't think it was very good. I, I think it was oh, very yeah. slow and very... Compared to what the War Games match... I will be speaking about that. The War Games match right. before, the night before, yeah, was yeah. so fluid and so crisp. and But... It was just like the NX, uh, the the five on five on five Survivor Series one was just so slow, and I don't know what it was like. Who was compensating for who at that point? It was right. just weird. Yeah, I don't know. I guess the highlight of the women's match, quickly, if you want to touch on it, was just I guess the exchange between Shirai and uh, what's her name. Oh, um, she's not the pirate princess, and what the fuck, whatever she is now. Kyrie um, Saint. Yeah, there you go. Or, or oh yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a great moment. And so, Rhea Ripley, like Rhea Ripley was. Oh yeah, she was the star. She was the star for sure. In and both, I guess. Well, again, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. But yeah, my number yeah. five was the men's Survivor Series match. Again, just because of NXT, you you said it. Lee looked fucking awesome in that match. Like just everything about it. And yeah, I don't know what else to that, say about it. That exchange with him and Reigns when they were doing like the the sweep kicks and the dodges and just I've never seen Reigns move that quickly before. The fact that Reigns had to keep up with someone the size of Lee, um, and when he went into that spirit bomb, again that was another balls in my stomach. Holy shit, he's gonna actually beat Roman Reigns. Right, popped out of my sofa and he kicked out and I was like, oh god damn it! But it was Lee is unbelievable. Um, I've had the pleasure of meeting him when I used to used to do my wrestles and stuff, and he's just nice. the nicest dude I've ever met. Can sing like an angel, and is just like the soundest dude in the world. And to see everyone else, um, like, because apparently Vince is now very, very high on Keith Lee. Of course he would Good. be. Um, it, it's just awesome, and he's just really cool. And when Roman gave him kind of that uh, that fist bump at the end, I was like, yeah, you're good. Yeah, and another guy who looked good, even though I I don't know why they eliminated him first, was Walter. Oh God! Yes. Why did it, why why don't they like Walter? You know what it was? Like, I think it was the brass probably thought that no one was going to know who he is, and then like you even saw. I don't know if you caught it when they were chanting Walter when they first got announced, and then you saw Walter and he had that smirk, like he literally broke yeah. character, and you could tell like he was legitimately like, oh my God, what the fuck? These people love me. 
Like, and yeah. that's probably because that's the only reason. Like, what? Why else? Like, you know what I mean? He is a champ, right? So, I guess like shock value. I remember a couple of years back when like Mark Henry got eliminated in the first thirty seconds, and it's like that shock value. But the shock value of something like that, where Mark Henry's established and there's like Walter's first main debut in front of a massive audience, and they dick him out like that with a with a claymore kick. I know. Oh well, it's what like, can you do? <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Number four. So, uh, Number four, okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about it then. Um, War game match, women's. Okay. Um, number four, great. wow. Okay, this is my number three, so we'll both talk about this together. Yes. Um, honestly, what a great kind of kickoff to the show. And both teams, I thought, were... So I got a little bit confused, um, obviously mm. not watching the product. Rhea Ripley came okay. out, and I thought she was heel obviously because when i was watching she was heel right then yes. candice larray comes out i'm like what the fuck is going on tika knox comes out i'm like yeah wow they really mixed us up a little bit but uh no apparently Rhea's a, a lovely person now who knew and <laughs> it was just a great kind of kickoff and i don't think they held back i love that commentary didn't make a massive deal that it was the first ever women's war game match mm-hmm. that was really cool um as punk said on when he was doing whatever talking smack is called now he was like don't call it a women's revolution just let the women do what they need to do and show you thank you I was like yes that's what it should be um and because who started this it was like candy slurray and um eo wasn't it and right. eo is one of my favorite female wrestlers at the moment she's got the look the entrance the attitude just everything about her so good right and her and candice just tear up there's not a bad person in this match and the it's true turn of dakota kai onto tegan knox that was awesome that, that was so good um i didn't i didn't watch the pre-show so i kind of missed it she replaced um oh, okay maya and i was like okay this is weird. well i was gonna bring uh, up they sort of foreshadowed it because Oddly enough, she was wearing an NWO labeled pants for some reason. And I was like, why is she wearing NWO? And then she comes out and starts to tie. I was like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> That's fine. So, yeah, um, that was a really cool moment. And I thought Tegan sold it like death when she was like screaming and mm-hmm. doing all of that. It made me actually uncomfortable. Where do you kind of sit with Shayna? Because when Shayna came out, she was all like doing the, the shit talking and being cocky she's been champion for a long long time now yeah i think she's second behind um asuka but um yeah i didn't mind it i'm i'm a huge again being mma fan as well i'm a huge mma fan so i enjoy shania a lot and i think she's a lot better than ronda it's just she doesn't have the name that ronda has right so i'm gonna see i want to see when they're gonna finally introduce ronda into the mix because you know something's gonna happen down the road where shane and ronda face off right well, I swore that the end of... Uh, I doubt either of us going to talk. You might, but I thought the match was absolutely trash, the main event. Um, yeah, The no. triple threat women's I match. I hated it. I hated Garbage. it. Garbage. And I thought the only reason that match is going on last is because Shayna's going to be victorious and then Ronda Rousey's music's going to hit mm. and then we're going to have our WrestleMania build. But no, nothing. There was no point to that being last at all. I know. I didn't understand it either. I thought something big was going to happen. Mind you, I enjoyed that Shayna got the win. I think that's huge for her, and now it at least establishes her as someone legit. But other than that, yeah, this match was shit. I don't know. Again, I don't understand why they put it on last. Like they didn't even promote it for last. Nothing. I don't. I don't know. I, I would have thought the men's five on five match would have been last for yeah. sure. But I uh, guess not. if you finished that with Roman and Keith bumping fists, mm-hmm. end of show. Great. Everyone would have gone home happy. But 
No, it was weird. Um, but anyway, back to War Games. Yes. I thought they they took some crazy risks. Yep. Um, all of the. My, I laughed way too hard at when near the end of the match, Kaylee Ray comes over the top rope to mm-hmm. try and like take out um, Rhea Ripley. Right. And Ripley just throws a trash can at her, but she just twats her with it. She doesn't even make any effort. She just throws it at her, and it was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was. Just, yeah, there were so many good matches. Like even that. What, what are they called? It the Avalanche Poison Rana from fucking Larray. Oh, yeah. That was fucking crazy. That looked nice. Top rope, and then EO hits a um, the moon salt the top of the cage. Off the top of the cage. That was crazy too. I didn't like the finish too much. Ah, see, I liked the finish because oh. I thought it was kind of a cool. No one can break it, and then the foreshadowing of the the handcuff at the very start of the match right, is I the guess. only thing that would get her to break it and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Quickly drops her guard, and then she can do the slam through the through the chairs. And I guess the other thing I didn't like too much was it was two on four, and the team that had two one. And it made like again, it makes Shayna look. And I guess maybe that's why they made Shayna win again on Survivor Series because it's true. If you can't have four on two beating two NXT superstars, how are you going to beat the two champs on the main roster or whatever they yeah. call it now? Because now they all call it equal. Yeah, I was really worried about the whole four on two thing, but I, I think they kind of made it work. They split the ring, so like there was two on one in one ring, and then Shayna and Rhea could kind of do their thing on their own. So. It kind of worked, but I do know what you mean. It was very much like uh, I was constantly expecting someone to do what Kevin Owens did later on, and I was expecting some kind of music to hit or right, me too. To kind of come down as to like Tony Storm to be like, "Fuck it, I'm in the match. Let's go." Yeah, no kidding. That's right. No, that's a but, solid uh, number four. Like I said, I had a higher. I had a number three. So it is what yeah. it is. But yeah, no, I, I loved it. it you, was have, great. you have better taste in women. What can I say? <laughs> All right, my number four. I'm going to go with the Triple Threat Intercontinental U.S.-North American Championship match. Very good choice. Roddy put his work in on this one. And that's the only reason why it's my number four. And all I have in my notes is Roddy, 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 literally down the line. And it's like, if it wasn't for this guy... (laughs) Like, I was even thinking, watching this, I'm like, has Shinsuke and AJ lost a step? And I'm like, no, it's just, Roddy's that good, and people just have slept on this guy for so long. Yeah, um, for some reason, Nakamura and AJ can't work a match under WE lights. Right? For some unknown reason. Even this, I was like, guys, you got free reign to do what you want. Still really just phoned it in and didn't work at all. Yeah, and then, at the end of the match, I was like, Roddy has literally been in every single combination of this match. Like, AJ and Knack have barely touched. Right. It's been Roddy just doing all the work. And again, coming off of War Games the night before. That's what makes it even crazier. Yeah, exactly. And and actual War Games, you know, in that ring. So, yeah, he, he was just... Roddy is so good, and I think we've mentioned this when we've done podcasts in the past, where, where Roddy is... So boring to look at and so boring on the mic. Yeah. But when you get him in the ring, he just like I have it with a lot of the NXT guys, um, just the list, like Roderick Strong is one, uh Johnny Gargano is another one. Like mm. I think Johnny's one of the greatest wrestlers in NXT. Yep. But the minute he's got a microphone in his hand, I am falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> it's is it's weird. So um mm. yeah, like Roddy's the, the amount of ways he can do a backbreaker, I think, is enough to impress me. It's and again, what they always say, and they, even though they beat it down every fucking time he wrestles, now his cardio, 
this man just like his running fucking forearm smashes that never seems to end and just going and going and again to have you gotta have cardio would be lifting up these fucking 200 pounders to do these crazy backbreakers right so yeah he's throwing them around like they're like you're wrestling a pillow or something he's just doing it like it doesn't matter and it, it's insane one thing i wanted to ask and I, I don't know when this happened sure why is Sami Zayn just a cheerleader for shinsuke like i still what? don't understand this this just happened one day where he came out and aligned himself and became his so-called uh, mouthpiece and that's it and he's that's what it is he's just his mouthpiece and he hasn't wrestled since i think he's had one or two matches here and there and i'm sure he does house shows but on the main shows he no that he's a manager now for some reason and I don't Sami know why. Sami Zayn's one of the greatest underdogs in NXT history. Yeah, I don't um, get it. There's another guy that should go down back to NXT, I think. At this point, it's going to be the whole roster. Everyone's just like, nah, well, just, bring just, back just all the original it. NXT and just leave the shitty guys on Raw and SmackDown again. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Right? Then for sure I won't want to watch SmackDown and Raw. Because the only reason to tell you the truth why I watch Raw and SmackDown is because of all the call-ups from the old NXT days, right? Yeah. Alistair Bank. Alistair Black, Shorty G, Ricochet, Kevin Owens, um, weird Batman outfit. If we can quickly backtrack, that's yeah. weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like. I understand he's obviously Gimp he's outfit. a comic book fan, but I don't. I'm not liking his choices for uh, pay per view. I, I don't know. Yeah. He should go back to what he just wears: his regular spandex with his make believe belt, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need. That's all we need. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, 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 was, it was great. Really, really and good. And Roddy gets uh, the what win. Do you, what do you think of the, the new IC title? It's all right. I don't mind it. I'm, I, I love the old belt, the old school belt, obviously, because that's what I grew up on. But I understand, and at least it doesn't look as shitty. You know what? This is probably the best rendition of the IC belt other than the original one. Hmm. In my opinion. I think, it's, I think it's a very pretty belt, and I think it, it looks great, and it's a little bit... Um, reminds me of like Lucha Underground uh, style of, of bout, but yeah. the only problem I have is the IC title bout with the white strap and the gold was the mm. only good-looking title they had. Mm, so yeah. why of all the titles you pick, you picked like redesign that one? The goddamn US title bout hasn't changed Thank since you. Chris Benoit held it back in 2003. And I was just thinking that the other day too. It's so true. Like that to me, I think that's the most outdated belt. It is. It looks so naff and just like that needs an update and you can do kind of cool stuff with it if you want to do like the American flag bullshit and you know, fucking put Trump's face in it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> just change it. Do something with it. Well, but actually, they did change it once. John Cena put the spinner on it, right? So that it was sort yeah. of a, re, a reboot on it, but, but then they brought it right back again, so it doesn't count, I guess. Yeah, but they never did that with the WWE title, did they? They never, they, we had a yeah. shitty spinner for 10 years and they never brought back the undisputed gold belt, which was the prettiest title they've had. Yeah, see, Still, I, 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 I didn't mind the spinner belt. I, I hate to say it because, well, to me, my favorite world belt, if we're, if we're going off on a tangent now, is um, the, course, the, yeah. the the ego belt. That fucking, oh, yeah. that, that to me is the most iconic heavyweight title belt of all time. That and obviously the Ric Flair fucking belt for sure. But other than those two always stick out in my mind and those two are, will always be my favorite world titles. Yeah. Brett's bout and Flair's bout. Exactly. Right. <laughs> I always say Brett's bout to wind up Jesse. It's not Brett's bout. It's Sean's bout. It's, like, it's not. Well, it's I, not. well, you can even go as far as say it's Stone Cold's belt, even though he retired it, right? No, that's true, and then you got the big, uh, the big disc one. No one gives the big disc one a lot of love. It was, it was an okay belt. 
I, I, again, I don't know. I didn't like it. It, it, <laughs> it was not my cup. To me, it either has, like, even the AEW world belt, to me, that thing looks nice. That's a world fucking title. Like, you know what I mean? That is a world title. That, that You leave that at a steakhouse and you leave it there with pride. <laughs> that is a good belt. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our list. Let's go to your number three, I believe. <laughs> uh, 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 what am I going to do now? Um, Adam Cole, Pete Dunne, Survivor Series. Motherfucker. That's on my list, too. I got it way up. I got that as my number two. So you're just one step behind me. (laughs) I don't recognize quality as well as you. (laughs) Um, What a match. Right. Um, The fact that Adam Cole took that stupid bump the night before. Oh, my God. And I want to know who talked him into that. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that in a little bit. But Of course. Jesus Christ, that was made me poo myself. (laughs) Horrible. Um, then he comes out with like the tape. By the way, mm. th- is that a medical thing where people just wrap bandage around their ribs? Is that like a medical way to heal broken ribs or like whatever they're trying to get across? Or is I that never understood that. Bullshit? I've I've had bruised ribs. I've had bad backs, and you you wrap it up. It doesn't do anything. It's I guess it's more for showish to I guess to play out the story. It is, but he's right. giving yourself a target. If I'm going kayfabe here, you're just giving your, your guy a target, whatever. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I, I didn't really enjoy the triple threat from uh, NXT when it was Pete Dunne, yeah, Damien Priest, and Killing Dane. No. It was okay. It, it wasn't the worst match on the card. Weirdly for me, the worst match on the card of TakeOver was Finn Balor Matt Riddle. Me too! I thought you were going to love this match. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to rag on Finn Balor again, and I know he, Max loves him. He's going to fucking call me out. But okay, at least now, see? Good. Yeah. There you go. I, I, thought it, I thought it was, yeah, like, Balor was doing, just a quick sign-up, Balor was doing very old-school heel moves that don't really work. There mm. was, you know, the, the slow headlocks, and mm. just, that stuff doesn't work anymore. Nope. And his general attitude on the mic and how he's presenting himself is good. I loved it when he did the the arm raised and it blacked out so the crowd can be involved. Right. Brilliant. But wrestling wise, yeah, I don't know. Didn't didn't do it for me, which was surprising. But back to Survivor Series. <laughs> Pete Dunne, uh Adam Cole absolutely did it for me. It was I, I kinda knew they would and they just they wrestled like they'd wrestled the night before, if that makes sense. No, of course uh, and that's why I loved that, I loved the psychology. Kind of like didn't, but they really did. Yeah, no, and like I was trying to say, I love the psychology of this match. Because again, they told it brilliantly. One went for the ribs the whole time. The other went for the knee the whole time. And it was just perfect. And the crazy, and speaking of taking fucking crazy moves, fucking <laughs> done taking that fucking Panama Sunrise to the apron. What the fuck? Yeah, I've, I very rarely do this, but I was sitting there watching it. And I, I could see him go to the second rope and I just went... No, 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 don't do it, don't do it. Silly, stop it. Oh, they did it. Right? I don't get, I don't know, man. And plus, Adam Cole again, I don't know how he must, I don't know how he practices this, but to hit these guys in mid-stride in moonsaults with a super kick, dead on the chin all the time, that has to be some sort of skill, come on. Oh, yeah, I don't know how he does it. Like, the Ricochet one is still the most beautiful, but he smacked Pete properly in that one. (laughs) And no, I, I love this how match. Did it, yes. But it's just, yeah, their, their styles just work so well. And I honestly thought they were going to put the title on Pete, but they've, like, I feel like Triple H's idea is if I keep the title on Adam for as long as possible, hmm. he has to stay here. This is how it's going to work. Could be. <laughs> See, but again, you haven't watched the product, but 
see this is the only this would have been my number one and this is the best singles match of the whole weekend in my opinion as well but Definitely. it would have been my number one only because first off the triple threat match the night before i knew it had to be pete Dunne. i couldn't see the other two guys already getting no. a, an nxt title match and then after because it's such a cold match I can't see Pete Dunne taking the belt off because of the whole prophecy thing. And now they have t-shirts and all. So they're going to have to ride that thing out for a while. So in my mind, I already knew. It had, like, but again, speaking of near falls, how many near falls were in this one too, right? Jesus, yeah. And, and that's a sign of a good wrestling match. When you know the outcome, you know logically who is going to win, but you are still there like, yep. oh shit, what's going on? Mm-hmm. That's that's when it's brilliant, and uh, yeah, near falls on this one. What was the? There was a really really close near fall where I swear it was free, but it was just like grazed a mat. They're they're both masters at what they do, and I'm so glad that Pete Dunne is not drowning in the NXT UK division, which everyone swears is doing well, but it's really not. Um, he's actually been moved up to NXT and has a chance to be on the main roster. Yeah, well, I'll have to. I'll tell you the truth right now. Because of the now all this new wrestling that we have are at our fingertips, I had to bump out something, and NXT UK is gone, and AEW took its place in my rotation, and even uh, New Japan is out of my rotation as well. So I strictly watch AEW. The the only two I watch like legitimately is AEW NXT, and then I fast forward through Raw and SmackDown. So I literally watch Raw and SmackDown in fifteen minutes combined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. It- NXT and AEW, they're the hot ticket at the moment. They're the whole reason, the, and maybe I'm just being cynical here, but I highly doubt I am. This is the first year that NXT has been included in the brand supremacy war. Yep. Why is that? To get more eyes from yes. people who watch the main product to NXT so that NXT can beat AEW. Of course like, it is. It's just, everyone knows that. that it's, I'm not sprouting anything new here. No, and of course. It's cheating, but we'll let them off. No, but I love it. And this is what the WWE needed for fucking over 20 years since there has been no real big competitors for the longest time. We needed AEW. Even if AEW is not as good as WWE moving forward, it's still doing its job by being there just in case WWE just dropped a ball, then AEW could pick it up and run too, right? So it keeps WWE under toes, and I love it. Yeah, WWE needs, Vince needs competition. He's always needed it, and he always will need it. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And again, it's proof in the pudding just because of this whole weekend. Because it did seem a bit rushed that they were included. Because all of a sudden at Crown Jewel, they're like, oh, by the way, NXT's in Survivor Series this year. It's like, what? What the <laughs> yeah. fuck? It's typical WWE logic where they're just like, <laughs> uh, they expect you to know shit. Like, they just expect the casual fans to be like, oh, yeah, you know this brand that we've had for the past five years <laughs> that we never mention or promote or talk about on the main show. You right? know that show. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, that's a great. Number three, my number two, but love it. Let's go into, well, my number three was, like I said, that you already brought up. What was it again? It was the women war game match. So let's not touch on that. Let's, okay. How about this? No, no Johnny Gargano. That first one in, I don't know how long, stupidly long. How about that? That's my number three now, that there was no Johnny Gargano this whole fucking weekend. I thought maybe he'd show up at Survivor Series since we didn't see him at uh, TakeOver War Games, but nothing, nothing. Yeah, no no, like little backstage shot with him and uh, and Champa. Yeah, fuck all. (laughs) Because at one point, my two, I'm sure we'll get into it as well for War Games, but my two people that I thought were going to be in that slot was Velveteen Dream or Gargano. 
and it was neither or. We don't have to say who it was yet because I'm sure we'll talk about it. But I thought it was going to be one of those two guys. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too, and it, it, it was a genuine shock. And I thought maybe you know Kagana's going to rally, but yeah, he must be dealing with actually quite a serious injury. That's what I'm. Th- or is again, is it just more story to keep him off TV and then to come back and feud with Balor again, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that that could be another element. But it's it's weird for him to kind of miss a miss a takeover and and another weird fact i found out about this takeover so the first takeover not to feature johnny gargano but this is also the first takeover event in history which has had no titles defended on it you're right as you not see one title and that's why they should have again but i guess they who ended up winning the war games match i don't even fucking remember now the men's war games match Champs teamed it. That's right. Okay, so I guess that's why they didn't do it. But I, they should have put all the titles on the line in the whole war games, and then the other team wins, and then that would have been good storyline because then they would have to fight to see who gets what title after, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess that would be a a good kind of approach to it. Uh, I think the the thing we'll get to in a bit. So I'm I'm just going to hold off. I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, (laughs) yeah, not having Johnny Gargano there, and I do want him to come back and. This is one of the things that's been so good about this NXT AEW thing where NXT has its own brand now is I was so scared and they were testing the waters just before it happened mm-hmm. of like Agano and Champa going up to the main roster. Right. And like you know, like you I can guarantee you if I had a magical ball right now and I showed you what an alternate reality would be look like, Champa and Gagano would be jobbing out and end up yep. on two oh five. Without course. a doubt. So the fact that they are now the staple of the NXT brand and they're not going anywhere makes me very happy no it's fantastic and even all, all of the undisputed era who knows what they would have done with that faction up there right because obviously it doesn't look like vince mcmahon likes foursomes anymore only likes to keep it with three so who knows what they would have done with that but yeah. like and even in nxt the great storytelling of how they almost broke off roddy versus um adam cole but then they, they made up and everything and now they're an even stronger unit and I, I believe I brought this up before in the past too. I don't know if I didn't, but if I did, so what? Who cares? But it's such great storytelling that it's refreshing to not have a group separate just because they had one fight. As soon as they have a fight, yes. you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, that's it. They're going to split up any day now. Yeah, exactly. It's it's cheap. Basically, yes. it's just cheap kind of writing. Um, yeah, so good, good, good choice. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm holding off because I feel like our number ones are the same, and I don't want to wank it on a number two, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do a very quick, uh, quick number two sure, here. Go for it. Um, MVPs of, of the of the night, and I've okay. got three groups I want to talk about. First of all, Rhea Ripley yep. is MVP for Survivor Series and Takeover. Yep. When you think of Rhea Ripley, when she came in to the May Young Classic, and she was this cutesy Australian, uh, I like playing soccer and all this kind of shit. And then she discovers BDSM and turns into whatever she is now. And it's just fantastic. I love it. And and she could wrestle. She is so stupidly talented. And it's like what they, I read somewhere that it's like, this is what they wanted Becky Lynch to organically be is what Rhea Ripley is. And also she's fucking massive, man. That's the thing. I'm scared of her. Oh yeah. And everyone knows Vince McMahon likes a big woman. So exactly and but she's not like a big woman in the sense of like it's unattractive like no no she's like she charlotte she's, she's like she is hot in the sense of like just yeah everything about her works yeah um but she can it's so good at the wrestles 
she can wrestle the shit out of anyone. And I think she kind of put everyone to shame. And I, I found it interesting that her and Charlotte and Sasha didn't mix up more when they were, were kind of doing stuff. And I'm a little bit sad that she didn't kind of get to show Charlotte up a little bit. Yeah, that's true. But hey, maybe they're just saving it for later down the road, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, next honorable mention MVP is always Mauro Ronaldo. Um, there you go. The dude is an absolute genius at what he does. He's a baby Yoda reference within the first two minutes. Yep. He's just he's just ridiculous. And I I was really not sold on Beth Phoenix on commentary, but she's really like last time I heard her, she wasn't great, and now I've listened again, and she just keeps getting better and better. Like Beth Phoenix, Mauro, and Nigel such a good team together. they are good and even with nigel like I'm, I'm one of those guys i'm sorry to say it i hate to whine on one of your, your fellow brits over there but i i even in ring of honor when he did uh, color commentary i did not like him whatsoever i thought him to be so flat he had he, and he didn't have a character it didn't come off to me and plus i never really grew up on watching his old shit on tv so i didn't have that aura on him you know what i mean mm-hmm. So, but now the way he calls it, and even when he was calling some of the matches in Survivor Series, and one of the yes. other guys fucked up, and he put him right in this place, and he's like, "Wow!" I was like, "Yeah, this is the Nigel I like." Fuck. Yeah, Nigel at Survivor Series, like you could tell this was like an audition for him because he he bought it on that show, and as you say, he was calling out King on his bullshit. That's it. Um, and I can't remember what Ribby did on on King, but even King was just like, "Okay, respect." <laughs> um, right. You got me on that one. So, uh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. And then, lastly, Undisputed Era. Like, they yeah. consistently just keep proving how good they are. And me and Jesse have mentioned this in the past, how nervous we were that Kyle O'Reilly had been signed to NXT because Kyle O'Reilly, when we watched him in Japan, was like one of our favorite wrestlers. And he's so stupidly talented. And we were just like, but he's devoid of all personality. He's just going to fail in a mm-hmm. WWE environment. Dude comes out air guitar and funniest guy I've seen with his yep. facial expressions. He just kills it. Like every single time we've talked how good Roddy is. Um, Fish, obviously, extremely talented in the ring when he does his stuff. And Adam Cole is basically the future of WWE. No, you got it, of course. And I'm glad that you mentioned two Canadians on your honorable mentions. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you of course see? I would. We are the it's best commentators. Not here. We, can just, we can just talk Canada all, all night long if you want. There you go. <laughs> Jesse's not going to call you Canuckle Flaphead. He's just going to, he's, uh, he's not here. Well, fuck. Maybe he's tipping over some cows down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, those are some good honorable mentions. Yeah, that's all. Like, I wanted to touch on Morrow's com- And then, did you see that? Uh, I don't know if it was a little slap in the face or a backhand compliment from Graves. Saying some slap in the face. Yeah, yeah right. I thought so too. And it was like, uh, I understand because I guess maybe he's on that whole train of the guys who picked on Morrow when he first came in. And that's why, like, I don't know. Did, did you, do you honestly believe that he lost his voice and he couldn't do Survivor Series? Or was that just a cop-out so people wouldn't be asking questions why he wasn't there? I, I, think, I think personally, like, Morrow's had obviously a lot of mental health issues in the past. I think it was something that he couldn't deal with. Uh, straight after TakeOver, he said... I really struggled through that show. I couldn't like I couldn't deliver what I normally did, which I was like, you delivered exactly what you always deliver. Right. Um, and he deleted his Twitter and all this thing and stuff. But it's like for Corey to be that much of an insensitive prick to someone who he knows has issues, and also you work on the same fucking side, Thank and you. you you give him shit when you know what he's going through. He, he just ah, oh, I 
Corey Graves used to be one of the funniest, best commentators that WWE had, mm. and then he bought into his own hype. Yes, thank and he you. Just became I'm glad the you most said that. Arrogant. He became like a modern day king, where he just like sexualizes the women to the point yeah. where it's like it's not funny. It's just creepy the way you're doing it. And he's just like he, he's trying to be Bobby Heenan and just hmm? failing terribly. No, it's true. And even at one point, I would have loved to have Morrow and um, Graves do commentary for anything. Like you know, what I, mean? I, I wouldn't care. SmackDown, NXT, yeah. wherever. It, to me, I think they would have been the best one-two punch that they would have. But I guess, yeah, like like you said, he fell into his own hype, and now he has a huge ego and. Anyone says anything to him, they're wrong, he's right, type of deal. So it's like, okay, well, I, well, what can you do? He is good at what he does, but... Yeah, but he's not that good. Like, yeah, I know. He's, he, he used to be good, but I feel like he's just he's tipped himself over the edge. Um, where now he's just kind of a caricature of himself. And it's like, dude, you won the NXT Tag Team titles. You're not a 16-time... <laughs> world champion calm the fuck down well yeah and true it's true commentators are dime a dozen nowadays just like wrestlers just like anything anything in the wrestling industry that's what these people don't understand with their ego like you know what i mean it's like you can find anyone to just fill in and like like they say the machine moves on right it does and uh well look how many goddamn wrestling podcasts there are in the world it's exhausting i'm gonna quickly rag on this in a little bit (laughs) so there's these wrestling podcast awards that that were put out and we were like, Oh, okay. you know, go out and, and vote for us and stuff to, to be included in this. Sure. So I listened to this show where they announced it, and this is why I haven't like pushed it for people to vote for us to win, because it's okay. just like I they put out these nominations mm-hmm. and then people got nominated and they announced like the categories. There's like twenty five podcasts in each category. What the All fuck? Just these fucking yeah, like it's not even like exclusive of who had the most votes. It's like if you look at the actual voting category, there's like thirty podcasts in there. Wow. That must have just got like one vote and then you've got stuff in there like Talk is Jericho and the E and C podcast. And it's like well, of course they're going to fucking win. Yeah. You know, they're the most popular podcast in the world. And you can't just include every single podcast that gets nominated. You've got to have some kind of vetting process. Yeah, no so uh, vote for us if you want, but I don't really <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> don't worry. The real awards show is coming up soon, which is the yeah. DP Awards. So maybe you'll be but a three-time. Like that's us against three other people. And we've won two years in a row. That shit I care about. This year it's going to be tough, my friend. It's going to be tough. <laughs> Game till five to compete against, bitch, please. Uh, actually, no. These guys are in two different categories, believe it or not. Ooh. So what category are they in? I, I I can't reveal my cards, my friend. People have to stay Shit tuned. What well, what I can reveal? Okay, before another side tangent here, I'll promote the DP awards now, so I don't have to do it at the end of the show. But yes, the DP awards are upcoming. It's going to be the second week of January, I believe. The hundred fiftieth episode is when I drop the nominees, and the hundred fiftieth episode actually falls right in line with the last episode of the year this year. So. I don't know how it lined up that way so perfectly, but hey. 150, man. I know, right? Where has the time gone? And 150 consecutive weekly episodes. How about that? <laughs> but yes, impressive. I don't know. There's going to be, I believe, six categories. So we'll see. Okay. That's a little tidbit even, I'll put down. Even if me and Jesse don't win, well, we're going to win. But, you know, let's just keep it humble as the kids say exactly um, can we at least come on and present an award I, i've never presented an award i want to present one all right i'll i'll, I'll get you guys to present how about if i'll call it right now fuck it i'll because now if it's out there it has to be you guys could present the best wrestling guest of the year award that would be an honor all right and i'll well, drop some names right now the likes of pco 
Nice. Tyson Dukes. Ooh. TJ Perkins. Damn. And the list goes on and on. So stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Okay. Let's, uh, number one, are we doing? Is it number one? I Whoa. wonder what it will be. My number two, we've already talked about, was the NXT Championship match between Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. One little tidbit, since it hasn't been brought up, is again, like always, and sort of like the Brock Lesnar awe, is The Fiend. I can't stand these fucking cane matches anymore with this red light. Everyone knows these this is fucking a... fucking red lights. Ah, I can't stand it. They just go back to being regular, not regular Fiend, but you know what I mean? You could just do a regular match and he doesn't have to have the red light. Other than that, again, it was great storytelling. I liked how... The yes is the yes movement back is it not i don't know this is old daniel bryan i enjoyed that a bit like you know what i mean it was, but, an, it was a nice little throwback and but it, it's literally just devoid of reason where they're like okay we got this really cool character fans are into it they love it great what else can we do to make it popular put the belt on him sure let's put the belt on him <laughs> and then there's just there must just be this one executive who's like a real dick and it's like what if we put a red light on it <laughs> Just, you have something so good and so pure, yeah. and then there's just one guy who's just—I hate it. And I, I can't know. imagine the fans in in attendance enjoy right? it. Like you can't really see anything. I know. I I don't get it. I, I what does the red light represent? I don't know. Hell, prostitute. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. The red light district. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. See, I just wanted to bring that up just for that point of the red light has to go. That's it. Other yeah. than that, the match was decent. It was there. Again, you. this is what I guess you're going to expect now with The Fiend moving forward. He's not going to have five-star matches all the time, but I guess it's more of the yaw factor, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Keep that character up. We'll see how it goes and what happens with it. So I, I just can't wait in, until Mr. Rogers starts wrestling. The Mr. Rogers character of him, I want to see him in an actual match. Like I want to see that dual personality where... What if the fiend disappears for a bit and he turns face and he's just regular Ray, Bray Wyatt in a sweater? W- wouldn't that be such a good story arc for him? And then after he could flip back and forth and then that's when he looks at his hands, how he does, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is what I was saying to Jesse. It's a sense of like have the Mr. Rogers character come out and cut promos in the middle of the mm-hmm. ring and people come out and he's like all like ooh, timid and no, I exactly. don't want to get involved in this. And then, you know, lights go out, he disappears you know all this shit they used to do with the undertaker back in like the late 90s there you go yeah do all of that weird stuff no for sure yeah all right number one is it safe to say that our number one is the tag team battle royal (laughs) (laughs) how dare you it's leo rush and akira (laughs) tazawa or even better (laughs) of course it has to be the men's war games match war games by the way the woman who was announcing the NXT War Games, I right. found out was is actually like a metal singer. What? Because yeah, like she does like proper, and I mean proper like oh, metal singing. Like oh, I watched some off. of her music videos, and it's proper like growl screaming. Because when she did the whole War Games, <laughs> I got a little uh, tingle downstairs. It was weird. <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, I could see it now. She does have sort of that low, raspy voice, right? So. It was awesome when she was like, it's war games. I loved it. Oh, yeah, and we loved this match, apparently. And I'm sure I haven't seen any reviews. I'm going into this fresh. We haven't watched Raw. I don't, we haven't seen anything else. I don't, I, well, I'm speaking out of hand, but I don't know if you have. But I haven't seen anyone else talk about this. I haven't heard any other podcasts, nothing. I've tried to stay away from everything. I loved it. I don't know if everyone else did, but I'm assuming they did. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think 
um, first of all, Champa leading out um, that group where you got like Keith Lee and Dijakovic behind him. Yep. And he's got his old indie mask on mm-hmm. and the war paint. And that to me, like Champa is one of the coolest fucking dudes in wrestling right now. Yes, he he's gone. He's gone so far. Like I saw him lie. And again, I brought up this story before at a house of hardcore show here in Toronto where he faced off against Eddie Kingston and the bottom rope snapped and they just kept on wrestling. And he was like the second or third from the top. And no one knew who he was. He was, yeah, he was the psycho killer back then. And I guess if you followed in the indie wrestling, you knew. But to the majority audience, no one knew who he was, and no one thought he was going to make it. And to see that progression in just like a five-year span is fucking crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, the the dude is so talented um, at what he does, and the fact he came back from neck surgery and a stupid amount of John Cena that shit when he came back from neck injury. Yep, um, was just baffling as well. Um, and, and I love the start of it as well, and and I think they set a really nice understory of the arrogance of Undisputed Era. Yes, where at the, at the start, Roderick Strong, like Champa, throws him the crutch, and he's like, oh, "Bring it on, then! I see what you can do." And <laughs> Roddy throws it away because he's like, "I don't need it." And then when they brought in all the tables, and the tables would be their undoing. Um, yeah, I just I, I like that underlying storyline of the the at the ego of Undisputed Era is what cost them the victory, um, yep. and. Yeah, we, we've spoken about how good Undisputed Era is in this. Dijakovic, I'm still not really sold on. Really? Very, I don't mind him. Yeah, I don't know. He's a very mid-2000s big guy wrestler to me. I get So do you like Damian Priest then? Because they're sort of got the same style. Damian Priest is weird because he's got that look. Like, even if he's not... Because I'm not a big fan of the way big guys kind of move, but right. Damian Priest has got that look about him which makes you pay attention whereas Dijakovic is very much just like I'm in shorts and <laughs> I am a generic Eastern European person you know, I see what like, you're saying yeah, whatever. okay okay gotcha so but he, he is good and we've mentioned how good Keith Lee is of course love him I thought Keith Lee bought it in this match and then they this is what I love about NXT they didn't blow their load on the reveal of the of the fourth person they, they stuck yep. to that storyline of because Champa put out a tweet, didn't he? he? Was like, if we put the offer out, if he shows up, he shows up. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. And the commentators were like, "We can we get some word about what's going on? We don't know what's happening here." <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they called it where the clock counts down. Nothing happened, and everyone was like, "Ah, oh, okay, maybe, maybe no one's coming." Right. And then that like Kevin Owens music hits, and that pop. Good Jesus, that part. Right. It, and no, no, hold up. Not Kevin Owens. Indie Kevin Owens showed up. It because was, his moveset. Kevin Owens, yeah. Woo, his moveset, oh my God, reminded me back to his ROH type days. Yes. And you could see how excited he was as well. He came right? out <laughs> and was just like, ah, oh, this is what I, this is why I like wrestling. This is why I'm back here. And I, I'm a sucker for a good pop. I still watch the Hardy Boys coming back at WrestleMania as the most recent one. Yes. Um, but this is might replace it for just that kind of guttural reaction. Um, and he also took um, took a Panama Sunrise on that little metal bit. And, and that was... Like that. And the way it happened, too. I don't know if it was meant to go that way, if there was supposed to be a stall in between, so there was more trauma to it, or I guess I lead up. hesitation. But I don't know. Like At first, it seemed a little bit... They fucked up, but then during the replay, I was like, oh, okay, I think they meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 
Oh, it was just so good, and and the way Kevin Owens sold it was just yes. like pure death. It was it was brilliant. Um, well, again, everyone knows Kevin Owens is like literally in my top five current wrestlers. So, <laughs> yeah, the dude, the dude's ridiculous, and yeah, just just the eight of them, especially like Champa's weird team that he kind of brought together. They they just worked, you know, having the three big dudes and him. Yep. Um, Undisputed Era bringing in all the tables. That was, and nuts. they kind of teased it and how they were going to do it was absolutely brilliant um yeah because because how did they all go through the table um it was some sort of, of yeah, no they was, all took uh, like some no they all Kyle went individually O'Reilly got frog splashed by kevin owens yes and then bobby fish or roderick strong one of, no bobby fish got um spirit bombed through the other one that's it then it was roderick strong got i don't know just kind of face planted through the other one didn't he I don't remember, but yeah, they each individually went through a table. But then, this you've is got, you forgot about Champa and Adam Cole fighting oh on top God. of the cell in the corner with two tables laid out below, and he gets them into the older, uh, the white noise, the death drop, whatever you want to call it, and just then just drops from the top of the cell. I had flashbacks from watching this live at at SummerSlam. Oh my God! I was like, you, this guy's doing this again. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Adam Cole is insane, and I respect Champa because I know he's taken it and taken it worse. Do you remember when it was like the DIY street fight in mm-hmm. Chicago, right? And he spat on Gargano's ring, and Gargano got him in the same move. That's and just right. Jumped from the top of the lighting thing, right? Right. And the, the tables did nothing to break the fall, and they just smacked on the concrete. Yep. That was. Oh, that was another that crazy. still lives in my in my brain, so not good. But to do that from that distance. I I rarely get like concerned in wrestling, but to me that was just too much. It was it was crazy. And speaking of uh, going back to that Chicago, let's talk about the Chicago crowd. I think this was the perfect setting for this whole weekend to happen. If it was anywhere else, I don't think it would have been as fun or as good. The, the crowd brought it this fucking weekend for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how the crowd is AEW this week because the, the crowd true. is uh, AEW's All-State Arena yep. and they have done Friday Night Smackdown Saturday Night Takeover Sunday Night Survivor Series and Monday Night Raw yeah all in Chicago so <laughs> if I was a Chicago fan I'd be like I can't I can't do any more wrestling yeah no kidding so yeah maybe, who knows we'll see what happens that's why they're booking a stacked fucking card this week so. well and speaking of AEW an AEW signed performer was mentioned yes. and shown during War Games. Yeah, right after that spot, they showed uh, Dr. Britt Baker. Yes! And uh, Mora said, Britt Baker showing concern for her partner, Adam Cole. Um, Triple H has released a statement where it was like it was a complete accident. There was nothing behind it. It was just something that kind of just happened naturally. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting that they kind of showed her like it sounds so petty when you say it doesn't it but it's just like wrestling is petty well this would never happen like not even five years ago would this happen like you know what i mean like only now even they're starting to show old like when they show aj styles footage finally they're showing tna stuff like you know what i mean and it's like this is how it should be like all the other organizations do it why can't wwe do it we're not fucking stupid like fuck Stop holding our hands that way or blindfolding us. Like, no. You, and then even with that, you're going to make other people who are stupid, who just watched or are in the WWE bubble, want to go out even more and be like, hey, there's other shit. Why haven't I seen this stuff? And then you get more intrigued because that's what ended up happening with me when I ended up finding about ECW and WCW, right? 
yeah, exactly. You just get more of kind of an interest of it. And I, I feel like it adds more legitimacy than just this random person showing up one day. Because I remember when AJ Styles debuted, and this was like one of the first times they did it on commentary. Hmm. Um, I think it was JBL was like, uh, here comes AJ Styles. He's a 16-year veteran. He's an IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. Like, listed off all of his accolades, and it went, yeah. If I was like a first, if I didn't know AJ Styles, i go, damn, this dude is legit. He's been... I don't know what IWGP is, but yeah. it clearly sounds important. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I like that, and I like that they show Britt Baker, because, you know... Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have to be... She's, she's not Dr. Britt Baker there. She is Adam Cole's girlfriend at that moment. Well, yeah, and, uh, and that's fine to me. Like, you don't have to make it seem like she's not, or she's invisible. And you don't have to, again, name drop AEW here, there, and there. But, you know, just, yeah, okay, she's there. They, everyone knows they're together, so why not? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, Adam Cole, what a year that he's had. Yeah, like, I know. This is going to be the hardest thing, and I'm seriously regretting deciding to pick the whole decade to review <laughs> of top fives because Adam Cole alone this year has had some of my favorite matches I've watched. The dude is unbelievably talented. He's got it about him. It's it's just really cool to see that kind of wrestler and see what he can kind of do. Yeah, no kidding. He's uh, yeah, if I'd have to put top 5 of this year, he's definitely up there for sure. Mhm. Not even the decade, just this year alone, fuck. And even the yeah, decade, because look, at one point, he was a Ring of Honor world champ too, you know what I mean? So he did his time down at Ring of Honor, like, he was their their face for a long time. Yeah, yeah, he's proven his worth on the indies without a doubt, and, you know, he's just so good, like Cole and Gargano and Champa, those are the top three in NXT, and I think everyone will agree with that statement, and I, I think all three of them, I hope they stay down there forever. We'll see what happens. As long as AEW's around, I think they will. We'll see what happens. But uh, I also love the WE's passive-aggressive. Like, we don't care about that Pissant company. But we're also going to move our uh, NXT show to a two-hour live show right in the same time slot. And also, we'll promote them on the main brand for the first time ever. Yeah. So petty. I love it. <sighs> Again, wrestling. <laughs> it, wrestling is its best when it's the pettiest it can be. And that's oh. it, the carny fucks that they are let them be as carny as they can possibly be right oh my god so what you enjoyed the whole weekend as a whole was it good i did it, it was a nice kind of like introduction back into wrestling like there was a couple of like hit and miss spots for me that made me go oh this is a overproduced pile of wank but the majority and like i would say 80 percent of the matches i really really enjoyed um and it was enjoyable to get into perfect yeah to me i th- and you know what i like too survivor series was less than four hours it was. It was three hours, 30 minutes. Which See? was I, It took me three different viewings to get through it. Like, I couldn't sit through it all. Like, I did it in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. There you go. <laughs> and like I think that, moving that's forward, that's how all these major... Like, okay, I understand you don't have to come in under three hours when it's the major four, but you also don't have to make it five hours, six hours. It's like, fuck. And I'm not including the pre-show. Obviously, with the pre-show, it tops at around five and change hours, but still. It, uh, to me, it... It, it flew by. It didn't seem like a drag like uh, like WrestleMania did, right? Yeah, yeah, like that was a struggle to kind of get through. But uh, also, this was something that I saw come up, mm. and I think it applies to WE and AEW at the moment. Okay. Not every match needs to be a 15-minute, 20-minute spectacle where everyone gets their shit in. Right. Like, stop doing that. Exactly. Please. I'm looking at the times here. 
um, takeover. 27 minutes for the women's match, 19 minutes for the triple threat match, 14 minutes for Riddle and Balor. Definitely not needed. Mm-hmm. 40 minutes for men's war games. The short, like, obviously Brock Lesnar Rey Mysterio was the shortest match, but that was still seven minutes. It's like, good Jesus, you, you don't need it. Like, a lot of great matches can be done between the eight and 12 minute mark. And it, it's driving me crazy. And AEW is doing it as well on TV, where the opening match is a 30 minute Broadway. And it's like, the fuck, you, I don't. Sammy Guevara, he's great. He's yeah. a Spanish god, but I don't need to see him for 25 minutes on my TV screen. It's so true. No, I, I totally agree. I'm the Rant. same way. No, hey, I totally agree. Like, and I, I, I let it slide more during pay-per-views. I don't mind a long, good pay-per-view match. But for TV's sake, I think the perfect spot is anywhere between 7 to 10 minutes. You can get your yeah, shit in. Exactly. It's good. Unless, obviously, there's a lead-up to it and there's a promo or whatever. Then that's different. You could tack on an extra 5 or another 10 minutes. That's fine. I don't care. But the actual core match itself shouldn't be longer than 7, 10 minutes. Leave the long matches for the pay-per-views. Yeah, big matches need to go long because they've got a lot to prove and blah, 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 psychology, kayfabe build-up. But, yeah, stop it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you again for coming aboard for the Big Four. Next one is one of my favorite ones, as everyone knows, is the Royal Rumble. Can't wait to do that The greatest pay-per-view. Right? And this year's going to be even better because you know it's going to be one-third NXT for sure, not just a, a, a guy sprinkled here and there. Rhea Ripley is winning that Women's Royal Rumble. Ah, you're calling it now, eh? Calling it now. Guarantee it. So, no, I'm excited. Royal Rumble is my favorite pay-per-view. It's, it's yeah, it, it's the most fun. I won't watch WWE until that point, probably. <laughs> but I'm going to have a damn good time watching the Royal Rumble, that's for sure. So, uh, I'm excited. For How many of these have we done now? Like, I, I don't feel like it's been years. Know. We've done, I've, I think we're going two years strong for sure. So, maybe at Jesus. least eight by now? That's impressive. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, it's what we always say. It's nice because like, we never get to talk about current wrestling. Like, We always talk about Chris Benoit in 2002. Like, that's, that's all we talk about. So uh, it's, it's nice to talk about current wrestling well, and, and what's going on. Even with myself, like you know what I mean? Even though I have wrestlers on, it's like I'm not going to be a mark and start talking about the product and breaking it down yeah. with them. Like I want it more about what they've done, their career, and their stories. You know what I mean? So it's not like I could talk about current sh- shit as well. So I love doing these with these guys as well. There we go. That's what we do. Perfect. All right, plug your shit, my friend. Plug my shit. Okay. Uh, I don't have Jesse to do the website. Let me see if I can oh, do it in his voice. Go for it. Go for it. Gotjo5.com. <laughs> I think that was pretty close. Of course he does. Gotjo5.com is where you can get all of the great Gotjo5 information, such as like previous episodes, current episodes, where to contact us. Um, we've just released a three-part series where we had uh, other podcasts come on and guest. I just saw I got a tweet from someone wanting us to guess so that would be coming out nice. and in the new year we're reviewing the whole decade so we'd actually like some input on this one so go follow us at gottill 5 on Twitter uh, you can reach us at gottill 5 at gmail.com or there's a form on the website we kind of want to get everyone's thoughts and opinions on what their favourite moments of the past uh, 10 years has been because that's a long stretch of time of wrestling when you think yep. about it like it's insane what what's happened in the past kind of 10 years so we we want a lot of input and all that kind of stuff make sure you go check us out pretty much everywhere spotify itunes 
Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. Just search Got Till Five, hit subscribe, give us a review, all the shit Steve said at the top of the hour. And thank you to our third, we, we call Steve our third Got Till Five host because he basically is at this point. Um, thank you once again, Steve, for, for letting us come on and talk shit. Of course. And you're, you're the same way. I consider you guys co-hosts of the podcast as well to the point where, and people always ask, they're like, why don't you ever do like the dumbass of the week or what I used to do the dumb laws with, with Max and Jesse or even like Pedro and Danny and all those oh, guys yeah. that I have on too. I'm like, because you're my co-hosts. I only do that with guests. So they should feel yeah. privileged that I don't do it with them. <laughs> we're, we're, we're initiated. Exactly. And I want to throw here, you want a suggestion? Here's my suggestion for best match of the decade. Okay. I'm going to go with Goldberg versus Undertaker. <laughs> Fuck off. I was about to say like, fuck it, leave your opinion, come on the show, but now you're not coming on. <laughs> well, you know, I'm always up for podcasting with you guys if you want me, sure, but yeah, I know, you fell for it again. You know how do you I always fall for this shit? come on, because like, we need all the help we can get, like all of it, let's just make it a really long episode, let's, let's do the world record then, I have five, you have five, Jesse has five, it's the only way we're going to properly do an overall opinion of the best matches of the decade. Hey. You heard it here first, folks. So now if I don't show up on the episode, you know who to blame. <laughs> All right. December 19th. Clear your diary. I will, my friend. Just for you guys, like always. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, under Finger Styles. Email us your thoughts, suggestions at the podcast app at gmail.com. And also the podcast is on Twitter at the podcast app. And please, again, like Jess, Jesse. Wow. Now I got Jesse on the mind. Like Max just said. We will do. <laughs> You're, uh, I didn't want to give Jesse this much publicity, but now he's going to be like, you see, you guys were thinking about me. <laughs> but like Max was saying earlier, and like I said at the top of the show, please go rate, subscribe, review. That's the most important thing you could do. Just as important as buying all my merch, just as important as supporting the sponsors. So please go do all that fun stuff. And I guess that's it. That's all, as they say, right? That is the end of the show. Ah, see you in January. I know, right? Oh, well, until then, he's maxed. Fuck Jesse. I'm Steve. (laughs) Fuck Jesse. (laughs) This is the podcast. Peace.